Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today we are going to talk about fear versus faith. Fear versus faith, session one. And so faith is a belief in our confident attitude towards God involving commitment to his will for one's life. Faith was already present in the experience of many people in the Old Testament as a key element of their spiritual lives. Faith is a part of the Christian's life from the beginning to the end, as, an, as the instrument by which the gift of the salvation is received. True faith is confidence in God or Christ, not in oneself. And so let us get into the word of God. I had, I had this down. Now, faith is the substance things hoped for in the evidence of not seen, which is true or false. And I put down true. And so let's get into Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Are you, I'm ready to get into the word. I am so excited to get into the word of God. I love the word of God. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one says this. Now, faith is the confidence, what we hope for in the assurance about what we do not see. And so two words describe faith, confidence and assurance. These two qualities need a secure beginning and end point. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he says. The end point is believing in God's promises. He will do what he says. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though we don't see those promises materialize yet, we demonstrate true faith. And so let's go into John, John chapter 20. And we're going to go down to verse 24 through 29. John chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. And this is what the word of God says. Now, Thomas, also known as Denimus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, and then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so Thomas wanted Jesus' physical presence, but God's plan is wiser. You heard that. God, Thomas wanted Jesus' um, physical plan, I mean, physical presence, but God's plan is wiser. He has not limited himself to one physical body. He wants to be present with you at all times. Even now, he is with you in the, um, in the form of the Holy Spirit. You can talk to him and you can be as real to you to him as, you, um, as he was with Thomas. Jesus wasn't hard on Thomas for his doubts. Despite his doubts, Thomas was still loyal to the believers and to Jesus himself. Some people need to doubt yeah, some people need to doubt before they believe. If doubt leads to questions and questions lead to answers, 
and the answers are accepted, then doubt has done good work. It is when doubt becomes stubbornness and stubbornness becomes proudful and proudful lifestyle that doubt harms faith. When you doubt, don't stop there. Let your doubt deepen your faith as you continue to search for your answer. And so even if you don't really know and you know, you know you're having problems of believing, pray and talk to God about that situation and be honest to God, be truthful to God. I was talking to someone this week about in Bible study teaching the word and I was talking to her and I was like, you know, when you come to God, come to God as you are. It's nothing. It's not like we hiding from God because God knows everything about us. Just talk to him as you've been talking to him, but share your deepest secrets with him and what's bothering you. Have a relationship with him. He is your heavenly father. So he's caring about his child. And if you got something heavy on your heart and you feel like nobody else can't have it, the best person you can take it to is the Lord. The best person you can cry out to is the Lord because God's going to love you through it all. But at least you letting that weight go. At least you being vulnerable and telling God about your situation that he can help fix. Hmm. So let's keep going on. And so you were excited and anxious. You knew you would certainly receive gifts and other spiritual, I mean, special treats. Oh, okay. This is what I said. So do you, I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out where I get this paragraph from. But it said, do you remember how you felt when you were very young and your birthday approach, right? When you was very young, you was a kid, you were so excited in your birthday approach, you were excited and anxious. You knew you would certainly receive gifts and other special treats, but some things would be a surprise. Birthdays combines assurance and anticipation, and so does faith. Faith is the confidence based on past experience that God's news in fresh surprises will surely be ours. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse three says this, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that when he, when, so that what is seen was not made out of what we see, what was seen. Hold on a second. It's time to tuck, I mean, tongue twisting. So let me say this sentence again. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven, 11, verse three says this, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God called the universe into existence out of nothing. He declared that it was to be, and it was. Our faith is in the God who created the entire universe by his word. God's word has awesome power. So instead of us praying to the universe, we are praying to the wrong thing. Can we start praying to the living God who created the universe, who created everything on this earth? He is much bigger than the universe. Can I get an amen? Let me go. Let me, let me go ahead and tell you. Amen. 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 My God. And so does God seek those who reward him? Does God seek those who, who diligently seek him? Let's look at this. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says this. Um, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, those who earnestly seek him. So notice in Hebrews 11, verse six, that without faith, you cannot please God. Therefore, no matter how many good works you have offered, God will not be pleased if they were done to earn his favor. 
Whatever we do for God should be because we love him, not because we try to get something from him. Sometimes we wonder about the, um, the faith of those who haven't heard of Christ and have not even had a Bible to read. God assures us that all who honestly seek him, who act in faith on the knowledge of God that they possess and will be rewarded. When you tell others the gospel, encouraging them to be honest and diligent in, the, in their search for truth, those who hear the gospel are responsible for what they have heard. And so, we would, we, would you be willing to obey God's commands if he asked you to do something for him and look strange to your neighbors? Would you be able to, to, to obey his commands? Would you be able to look like look a fool for Christ? Would you be able to, in spite of all opposition, if God has called you to go out there and preach the gospel, would you be able to do that? If God told you to go on in, on the, on, in the church and going into the choir, would you go do that? Would you go do what God has commanded you to do? Hmm. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. The word of God says this. By faith, Noah was warned about things yet not yet seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. And so Noah experienced rejection because he was different from his neighbors. God commanded him to build a huge boat in the middle of dry, dry land. And although God's command seemed foolish, Noah obeyed. And it, the reason why it seemed foolish with Noah, because he, they never seen no rain. So it was definitely dry land. But even though it was foolish, it seemed foolish, Noah still obeyed. So Noah's obedience made him impure, strange to his neighbors, just as the, the new beliefs of the Jewish Christians undoubtedly made them stand out. As you obey God, don't be surprised if others regard you as different. Your obedience make their disobedience stand out. Remember, if God asks you to do something, he will give you the necessary strength to carry out that task. By faith, Noah was willing to believe what God said about the future and to risk his reputation on it and coming to pass. And so even though it was just eight people, it was just Noah's family and a bunch of animals, guess what? They were saved. All, the water went up so high that the people who was laughing at him, the people who rejected him, the people who persecuted him, persecuted him, they was all washed in the flood. So sometimes naturally it might seem foolish to the people around you. And sometimes, naturally, they might not understand. But if God say do it, and if God commanded you to do it, listen to this. God is going to give you the tools to be who he said you to be. You might not be the way that he seen you in that vision and that he gave you, but he's going to mold you. He's going to change you. He's going to change your character as long as you diligently seek the Lord. Bow your faith in him. He will do the work because he's God all along. If he's the God who he's the God who's commanded to be the universe, he is the God who commanded you to do something. Did you do it by faith? God is more than enough. If God has stamped you and put a, put a gift in you and a talent in you to, to be able to be a, a, a evangelist, to be able to be a preacher, and to be able to be a worship singer, then you go do it. You don't never need no man-made permission. And so, let's go back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10. I want to read this. 
by faith, Abraham, when he called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were hers with him of the same promise. Verse 10, excuse me, for he was looking forward to the city with foundation whose architect and builder is God. And so although Abraham didn't know where he was going, where he was going to go, but he obeyed God and listened to God and followed God's directions. And so Abraham's life was filled with the faith, with faith. As, as um, at God's command, he left home and went to another land, obeying without questioning. He believed the covenant that God made with him. Abraham knew that the earthly land of promise was not to the not not the end of his pilgrimage. Rather, it pointed beyond to the heavenly city that God had prepared for his faithful servants. Abraham served as an example for all God's people. We are only traveling through this world on our way to God's city in his home for our, for us in heaven. We are not to seek ultimately security or be fascinated with this present world. We are strangers and excels on this earth. This is not our homeland, but foraging territory. The end of the pilgrimage will be a better country than heavenly Jerusalem, which God says his children is going to be with him and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, a new earth and a new heaven. So this is just a temporary present. So none of this stuff in this world can ever satisfy us, can ever be our security. Our security comes from the Lord. He is our security. He is our protection. He is the God that, who got us. He's the one who takes good care of his children. So if you got faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? You keep it moving. You keep it moving with him. Remember, God is not the God who will never leave you, never forsake you. God is going to be always with you. And when he says something, he's going to do it. And you got to have faith in him. And you got to trust in him in the times of whatever hardships you got to go through, whatever sufferings you got to go through, whatever persecution you got to go through. You got to trust God through it all and have faith because he cannot be shaken. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.